There's some language in this episode that some listeners may find offensive. I'm Sarah Goodyear. I'm Doug Gordon. And I'm Aaron Knapperstack. And this is a special report of the war on cars. Breaking news, we take you now to Midtown Manhattan, to the set of the ABC daytime talk show, The View, where sources say co-host Whoopi Goldberg is confronting New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio over the inconveniences she faces driving into work from New Jersey every morning. So, I like all of that. That all sounds good. You know what's really pissing me off? What? Uh-oh. I've never heard you pissed off before. <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually haven't. You've built 83 miles of protected bike lanes, okay? Uh, <laughs> that woman is... And I like bikes. I like people who ride, but... I don't think you understand the impact of taking something like 10th Avenue, which is six uh, lanes, yeah. down to two and a half, particularly when you have a... Okay, I, I might die from listening to that tape. It's so bad. It, it's really one of the stupidest things I've heard in many years. Everything is so dumb right now. It is just so yeah. dumb. Yeah. Why is it that so often the most liberal and progressive people in the most liberal and progressive neighborhoods in the most liberal and progressive cities are fighting so hard against even the smallest efforts to improve transit biking, affordable housing, and things like that? And so this week on The War on Cars, we're talking about the progressive blind spot for cars. Okay, but before we do that, let's get some business out of the way. Okay, business. Thank you so much to the 200 people who have donated to The War on Cars on Patreon. If you haven't donated yet, get over to thewaroncars.org, click donate. If you give at the $2 level, you get one sticker. If you give at the $5 monthly level, you'll be getting three War on Cars stickers to put wherever you might want or need to put them. And if you act now... There's actually never been a better time to donate to oh, really? the War on Cars. Why yes. is that, Doug? Because we have a new sticker, hashtag ban cars. Yes. Oh, that yeah. is our it's new sticker. You can put them anywhere, hopefully on cars. We're going to put those up on Patreon. You'll be able to get them and uh, stick them wherever you want. Do we really want to say you want to put them on cars? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> We're the War on Cars. We didn't say put someone it, else's put cars. Put it on your I own mean, car. It could yeah. be on your own car. We yeah. should have like a legal disclaimer <laughs> at the end. <laughs> All right. I've spoken to our attorney, and our attorney has said, please do not stick them on cars. We are not responsible for any legal consequences you may face for doing so. Okay. So uh, actually, we are not scheduled to put an episode out this week, but this was so ripe. This material was like a gift from the bike lash gods, Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> versus Bill de Blasio. Uh, it forced us back into the studio to get something out. Yeah, we were actually looking at this issue of the kind of liberal blind spot for cars. We were seeing all these local examples popping up, and then this Whoopi thing happened. When this happened, I actually didn't hear about it, but I had this kind of tingling in my brain as if like a million drivers cried out in <laughs> agony. Um, that, and then I immediately went to Twitter and saw what was happening. And this was just, I watched this video. We, we, should, we should set it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Bill de Blasio, who is the, um, he's a well-known member of the Park Slope YMCA. He's the progressive savior of New York City. He also works as the mayor sometimes. He shows up on The View basically as part of his 2020 presidential campaign. As yet undeclared. As yet undeclared. He's there to talk about health care, about universal health care, because here in New York, 
He's proposing a plan that will cover all New Yorkers who don't currently have health insurance. I believe we should have a single payer system. I believe we should have Medicare for all. But until we do, we have to take care of all our people. And, and people are having trouble making ends meet. We need to help them get help. So he, he gets on there. He, he talks about the plan. He makes a great case for it. It's just a feel-good moment. Not only does he make a great case for it, but the audience is totally on his side. You know, this issue that we're told is so divisive in America, healthcare. Right. This audience of, you know, white suburban women is totally on his side. It actually made me think that Bill de Blasio could be a 2020 vice president. But okay. he probably can't be because of what happened next. So I like all of that. That all sounds good. You know what's really pissing me off? What? Uh-oh. I've never heard you pissed off before. <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually haven't. You've built 83 miles of protected bike lanes, OK? <laughs> that woman is. And I like bikes. I like people who ride. but. Some of my best friends are bikes. Some of my, yeah. I mean, Aaron and I have studied bike lash for quite some time. Sarah, oh, that's right. You, yes. Sarah, you know about this. I can only learn at your feet. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we are eminent scholars <laughs> exactly. of bike we lash. We have pretend PhDs in and bike lash. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many news stories, community board meetings, op-ed columns, where the person says, look, I love bikes. I used to ride a bicycle myself, and then proceeds to launch into all of the reasons why bicycling and bike lanes are terrible. And man, Whoopi is like, this is like Michelangelo. She is a master <laughs> right. of the form right <laughs> She's here. Channeling yeah. She's channeling it. She's channeling the bike rush. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you understand the impact of taking something like 10th Avenue, which is six... Uh, lanes yeah. down to two and a half, particularly when you have a winter storm and you can't move. None of that is movable. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the 10th Avenue bike lane. Yeah. Um, uh, I just heard from the war on cars fact checking department. Uh, they're whispering into my ear right now. Yeah. There's no bike lane there. No bike lane on 10th Avenue. And also, I don't even understand what two and a half lanes means. Like, there's nothing that's right. two and a half lanes. But you do have to appreciate the detailed critique of the imaginary bike lane. Like it's she's, true. It's very, you know, she's got the mayor's ear and she's going to give it to him. Over that's right, because she can see through the windshield in her mind what it would look like if 10th Avenue were brought down to two and a half lanes by bicycles. Oh God, that should be the title of this episode. Is the bike the, lane in your mind. The <laughs> windshield view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't get... The, nothing flows. Also, I'm upset that you love these bikes, but you don't tell people to put a helmet on. Oh, yeah. We tell children to put helmets on. Well, this is this is an issue. And, and, you know, you haven't taken down the size of the trucks. So a giant truck that is bringing food to New York, which is, you know, we got... Oh, okay, wait a second. So she suddenly cares about safety and people not getting injured. But so they should wear helmets, but we shouldn't give them protected bike lanes, which are actually the thing that prevents injury. All right, that sound That's, you hear is me taking out the bike lash encyclopedia and yeah. turning to C for concern, concern trolling. trolling. Ah. So she is doing a, kind of a high level concern trolling here. Like, I'm really concerned about cyclist safety. Why aren't people wearing helmets? Also, even a higher level concern trolling. Mm -hmm. People need their food. Right. Gosh, if you put in all these bicycle lanes, trucks are going to be stuck. You're and literally people, starving people. People will starve to death. Mm -hmm. Yes. With yeah. your bike lanes. To New York, which is, you know, we got nine block long trucks delivering <laughs> and they can't make the turn. <laughs> those famous nine block How long trucks. I've never seen one of those. What, what feasibility 
study did y'all do when you decided to put these in? Because I know a lot of places, they're, I noticed they're not on Madison Avenue. Oh. And they're not on Park Avenue. Mm. Mm. This is part of the script too, right, yeah, Aaron? Ab- oh, absolutely. This is yeah, that's, a, so that's a bike lash classic. This right is there. a classic one too, because sometimes you hear the bicycle lanes cause gentrification and cause poor neighborhoods to turn into unaffordable neighborhoods. But at the same time, sometimes you'll hear people saying, Why aren't the bike lanes in the rich neighborhoods? You're only putting them in the poor neighborhoods. Right. Mm. And that's what Whoopi is doing here. She is implying a sort of classism, Mm -hmm. that de Blasio is forcing this stuff on communities that don't have a say and laying off of the wealthy white communities that would push back. Now, we should say there aren't bike lanes on Park Avenue or Madison Avenue. There are bike lanes that crisscross those avenues. And there are, look, there isn't a corner of Manhattan these days that isn't wealthy and gentrified. There are bike lanes through Chelsea, through the village, through Gramercy. Upper East Side. Yeah. So, yeah, she doesn't really know what she's talking about here. She's only grasping at things to oppose a thing she doesn't like. I'm just sort of fixated on the nine block long trucks. <laughs> what What do you think Whoopi even meant there? I mean, like... Not... That seems super efficient to me. I mean, dangerous Well, a nine block long but, truck is yeah. called a train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a train. That's <laughs> and exactly that she saw subway is. above ground somewhere. Right. And she <laughs> was have like, look at that truck on an elevated track. That's amazing. Yeah. But that's, that's just a special part of the whole thing there. Yeah. They're all over, Whoopi. Respectfully, they're no, all they're not. over. They're they're actually, they're not on Parkland, they're not on Madison. They're not on every avenue for specific reasons, but they're all over the city in every kind of neighborhood. The audience is mutinating. Listen. They say, no, it's not. Yeah. All right, the audience New York Here's the bottom line. Yeah. The number one reason we have done this is a specific strategy we call Vision Zero. It is to reduce the number of traffic crashes and fatalities. We had, this last year in New York City, the fewest traffic fatalities since 1910. Uh-huh. Oh. We had the fewest well, traffic fatalities. Well, this is the amazing thing. God, when you've lost even Joy Behar, who's arguably the, the most liberal progressive member of the, the host there, you, you've, you've, I mean, look. Curtis, are you checking my blood pressure? Because <laughs> I'm literally like, I'm worried that I might have a stroke. What the hell is going on? Like, he's saying this thing that's really important, this important achievement of his administration that is about saving lives. And she's like, mm-hmm. It drives me insane. And it's important to note for people who don't really know The View, The View is set up to have a couple of co-hosts who are you know, conservative Republican leaning and a couple of co-hosts who are liberal Democrat leaning. And he's being attacked by the liberal Democrat That's half right. Behar, of the view. Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Megan McCain, daughter of Senator John McCain, who is the like conservative federalist uh, right. member. From the, from the great state of she, sprawl. Yeah. All she's really saying is like, hey, you've lost the audience. The audience that was totally on board for socialist health care, <laughs> not three minutes earlier, is suddenly on uh, bike lanes. That's yeah. a bridge too far. The fewest well, they traffic fatalities. Well, this is the amazing thing. That was a no, tricky. That was tricky. It's not <laughs> tricky. It's not tricky because in 1910, there were more horses than cars oh, in New York oh, City. Yeah, the old horse, Every year horse since action. then. This is going to sound really weird. I want to congratulate the producers and hosts of The View for making me defend Bill de Blasio. Because he actually did a really outstanding job in the face of just know-nothing opposition to making a very good moral case here for why bike lanes and Vision Zero and traffic calming is working and should continue. He did a really great job. He did a great job, but the sad thing is he lost because 
this, as in everything else in American public life right now, is not about facts. It's about the emotion of this audience being stirred up and, and being like, yay, and clapping for something that they don't even have the faintest idea what they're Cla they're clapping for nine block long trucks and a bike lane that doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist. No, no, on, I, I mean, go ahead. I, I just, you know, that that's the fact-free environment that we live in, and it makes me want to cry. On the bright side, we have a rare moment of bipartisanship here, mm. where everybody can hate the bike lanes. The conservatives can hate the bike lanes. The liberals can hate the bike lanes. Reaching it's, across the aisle to block silver the bike lanes. <laughs> silver lining of the more traffic deaths. The, the blind spot that Americans have for cars. What's most interesting, and, and what I what I, we were hoping to focus on today, is that we see the blind spot for cars in the most liberal and progressive neighborhoods and cities in the country. So, Park Slope, Brooklyn, Berkeley, California. Cambridge, Massachusetts. I mean, you name it. Like, go down the list of your most liberal, left-leaning place to live. There is almost certainly a group of people who have organized themselves as something like, you know, Neighbors for Better Bike Lanes and Seniors for Safety. or Progressive Action Network, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was actually one of the things that spurred us wanting to do this episode, even pre-Whoopi, was there's this really interesting lawsuit underway in New York City, in Manhattan, where um, the MTA was planning on doing a big, long 15-month subway repair. And the city came in and, and turned 14th Street into a, basically into a transit way. They're like, 14th Street is now a place for transit. And they built two protected bike lanes on 13th and 12th Street. And a group called the New York Progressive Action Network sued the city and the MTA to stop the bus lanes and the bike lanes. And they've been really explicit in some of their letters about getting, quote unquote, their parking or the neighborhood's parking back. So it's really kind of amazing that what turns liberals and progressives into basically Trump voters is taking away parking. Yeah, or changing land use patterns. Like in Minneapolis, there was a comprehensive plan that was about making it easier to build slightly denser housing in residential neighborhoods, you know, four the units. duplexes and fourplexes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the Minneapolis for everyone with a rainbow logo comes out and says, oh, no, you know, there wasn't enough community input, which is another bike lash trope, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, and, you know, this might hurt older and disabled people, more concerned trolling. And you make it impossible to live without a car by the way you zone neighborhoods that they're not dense enough to support transit. So it goes down to that level as well. And what's really interesting is these organizations often have in their mission statements, in their vision statements, like we care about climate change. We want to reduce the use of fossil fuels. We care about sustainability. Divest, justice. divest from fossil fuels. It's the Why people don't you divest who from your fucking car. Yeah, it's, no, it's the people who have the no fracking bumper stickers on their Prius. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's so infuriating because if there is one easy thing, the only easy thing that we can do to reduce fossil fuel use is to limit the number of cars in cities that are dense enough for people to get around by transit and biking and walking. It is the easiest thing to do. And and you would even find these progressives saying like, oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Oh, wait, my car, my parking. Then suddenly, 
oh no, we that's that's not community minded. And there is this Trumpian aspect to the way that these neighborhood groups often respond. I mean, in the 14th Street example in Manhattan, they put up signs on the little flexi protective posts on the bike lane that said, what did it say? Something like the village doesn't want other people. It said biking. bike lanes are for other people. Bike lanes and are also for the other bus people. version of that was. Buses are for other people, which mm-hmm. kind of has a, a little bit of a, um, a build the wall vibe, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and that and that, especially about the buses and transit, that has been a long time trope of keeping transit underfunded and out of neighborhoods because it brings other people to those neighborhoods. I think we all know what that means. And also in in New York, we now have parking spaces that are dedicated for car share, which is really great and convenient, and I've used that. And in my neighborhood, some of the signs that say this is a car share parking space had scrawled on it, public property. And it's like, oh, yeah, you want it to be public property for you to park your private vehicle there. It makes me insane. One of the reasons why I think this is really important for the foot soldiers in the war on cars to like be paying attention to is because we're kind of in this interesting moment where the left seems to be ascendant. Democrats have taken control of the House of Representatives. There's a lot of really good stuff happening. I think the three of us are all sort of card-carrying, you know, liberal progressives ourselves. And there's this proposal put on the table now called the Green New Deal, yep. which mm-hmm. I, th- I think is actually a really big idea and really exciting and could serve as a, a new organizing principle for not just Democrats, but for the, the whole country to really start to decarbonize the economy, create a bunch of jobs, and clearly move America into the direction it needs to go in the 21st century. But there was a lot of concern in the recent weeks when the initial text for the Green New Deal came out that just transportation was was really low on the agenda there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, it's going to be hashed out in committee and, and it's not fully formed. But I think you're right in that it wasn't at the forefront of their brains when they wrote this thing. And that says a lot about the space that cars and transportation occupy in everyone's mindset that in a way they're just like part of nature you know that we don't see them as a thing that we can control or limit or that are harmful they are just a force of nature that are out there that will be out there forever and that even with a revisionist history have existed forever yeah and that the solution is make them green right they're going to be green cars. And this is something that I find very frustrating because there is no such thing as a green car. I mean, aside from the fact that they all use electricity and electricity is sometimes generated in dirty ways, then you get into the manufacture and disposal of these cars, which have metals and other things that are mined in the most environmentally destructive ways that are you know, so fossil fuel intensive, so energy intensive to create. And the idea that, oh, just plug it in and it makes it green. I think there are some positives about electric cars. And you know, we should move the entire global fleet of automobiles to electric cars. To the extent that we have cars, they should be electric, yes. you know, like because yes. an Absolutely. electric car can be powered by solar power on your roof and you can sit your car in your suburban garage and, you know, it can suck up sunlight and you can drive it in the morning. But there's this bigger question of do we want this Green New Deal project to just sort of reinforce this incredibly inefficient suburban sprawl pattern that we live in? Or do we want it to help to build up 
the density of cities and making cities more livable. And to do that, you have to allow more housing to be built. You have to really invest in transit, not just green cars. And you know, labor unions like the United Auto Workers have to get really psyched about building transit vehicles and not just green cars. Yeah, I mean, you can build, why can't we make some of this investment in building buses and building more trains and making the intercity train system in this country something that actually functions the way it does in other developed countries and developing countries. All of that is so ripe for economic investment and so ripe for the Green New Deal. And it's it really is barely mentioned. And my worry is that if it's not mentioned at the beginning, how hard is it going to be to get it in later? So look, I mean, it's like there's so many solutions that should be appealing in this realm of the Green New Deal. So why? Like, why can't we just start having a conversation about it? it well, could... we just just listen to day two of of the view oh, on bike lanes. Do we have to? Right. Yeah. So this brouhaha between de Blasio and Whoopi Goldberg gets on the cover of the New York Post. And had a little thought bubble coming out of de Blasio's head saying, aren't we supposed to be on the same side? Something like that. And... This becomes fodder for even more material on the next episode of The View. It was so genuine because it's been a concern of yours for so long. Yeah. Well, you bring it up almost every morning. I do. It's true. Because somebody said to me, do you realize that if I had a heart attack on 34th Street, trying to get to the nearest hospital could take a really long time? And even when the... the is going. You know, people aren't moving because there's no place to go because you got meridians and you got parking in the middle of the bl- in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when the audience mutinied because he was like, it's this way and because there's a bunch of New Yorkers in here and they're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I was like, I audience is on what yeah. side? Well, right I now. just, I, you know, the thing that prompted it really, really badly is when we had that huge major storm yeah. And every all the folks kept saying, saying I don't know if everybody realized what the original premise was. The, yeah. Well, okay. I don't, I don't think Whoopi remembers what the original premise was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she does the concern trolling again, right? Like what if someone has a heart attack? Right. Meanwhile, no concern for the actual people getting hit by cars, being killed every day, the numbers that are going down, no recognition of that. And also, you know what's causing ambulances to be stuck in streets in New York? Hosts of The View who drive in from New Jersey in a Cadillac Escalade where they have a driver and just them, where you have a six-ton vehicle transporting one person. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I would just like to point out Transportation Alternatives put out uh, something today. That's the advocacy group here in New York City. Yeah, a statement of a woman named Amanda Berry, whose daughter, Madison Jane Lydon, uh, was killed on uh, New York Street on Central Park West while she was riding a bicycle. She was 23, and she was killed because there was no protected bike lane there, and she was hit by a driver. And her mother said, it's devastating to hear someone with such a big megaphone complaining about protected bike lanes. If there had been a protected bike lane on Central Park West, my daughter would still be alive today. And it's true that Whoopi has this totally outsized platform to spew her fact-free complaints about the fact that she, you know, oh, she complains about it every day. It's something she cares so deeply about that she has to wait five more minutes to get to her job that pays her tens of millions of dollars. 
you know, meanwhile, I have friends who commute by transit in from New Jersey on, on the bus, and they're constantly blocked by what? Not bike lanes, by private vehicles driven by people like her. I mean, let's be real. The real problem is the meridians. Oh, it's okay. all the meridians. Okay? Yeah, I mean, I'll forgive. Yeah. I'll damn forgive meridians. Whoopi, I'll forgive Whoopi that because clearly she is not a traffic engineer, and I don't expect her or anyone to be well versed in the particulars of you know medians and different types but, of protected but, bike lanes. But man, just know that about yourself. Like, know that you don't know jack shit about any. And of this also, stuff. it's it's hilarious because they're like, oh yeah, and then there's parking in the middle of the street. Like, yeah, there's parked. Cars. Those right. are the cars that you have. If you didn't have parked cars along the sides of the streets, that would be an extra travel lane, wouldn't it? But, but it's no. An, yeah. It's an interesting thing about about this whole transportation policy realm where it's 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 a rare realm where everybody is an expert. You know, right. it's like it's like Whoopi probably wouldn't be giving legal advice to you know. Oh, New you York don't watch City's the like, you, you don't watch the View. No, <laughs> she, actually, I, I mean, take that back. I really don't actually, watch the View. So the thing is, like, she is a weird. That's her job. Yeah, right. right. She's she just, a weird personality because she is identified as part of the progressive left, and and the New York Post had a lot of fun with that of like De Blasio versus Goldberg. Shouldn't they be? allies of progressive allies but you know she's come out against the estate tax and she's a celebrity she's, and well she's at least does some former, weird stuff to people i mean she i don't know if she still is but she has been an nra member in the past yeah right so, so maybe this she's is one of, the, checkered one, record one of there. these cases where it's more about class i mean Whoopi is like a person who makes millions of dollars a year probably lives in a nice place in new jersey drives into work by the way she was like trying to take the moral high ground with de blasio like you have a chauffeur you have no idea what it's like driving in new york city you get driven as if like those are the two classes of people that right, exist right, like, right people right. with drivers she's and people keeping with no it drivers. real by driving her I mean, escalator you know herself. i heard that whole like you're just this is something you're really concerned about and i just wanted to vomit because it's like we have we are facing some serious serious issues and if you're coming into work every day and complaining that it took you an extra 30 seconds three minutes 30 minutes to get into work, and that's your biggest concern. Man, count yourself lucky. Yeah, I mean, we are in the middle of an emergency. I, I just can't emphasize that enough. There is an emergency going on. It is a climate emergency, and we need to do everything we can to mitigate the amount of fossil fuels that we are spewing into the air. And not driving in a city where there's Excellent transportation is the least you can do. I understand as a celebrity, you cannot use public transportation the way that other people can. I get that. But for her to get out there like she's going for the common man and, and right. you know, it's just it's just. Wait, I'm going to push back. As a celebrity, you absolutely can. And I'm going to push back. Okay. Because dividing people into groups of, well, hey, I ha I'm special and I can't do it the way the other people do it is precisely the problem. De Blasio himself, oh, you know, I can't get on a bike or take transit every day. I'm the mayor. Yes, you fucking can. Yeah. There are celebrities who take the subway. That's and true. I'm not going to argue with you, Whoopi Goldberg, about how you get in, but there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and millions of people across this country who can't drive a car or be driven every day. And I think we have to, sorry to like rant on this, no, I but I really right. do think like we can't make excuses for people in the face of what we're up against. And when we're up against like privileged people saying my privilege is the reason I don't support these things. It almost makes you wish that there was some uh, liberal, you know, co-host on The View who is not 
a baby boomer, right? Mm. And like I maybe guess, someone I guess a that's little Megan McCain, so, but she's the conservative. But she's the conservative. Right, so yeah. like you you want someone there. Like I'm trying to think like what would we have preferred Whoopi to confront the mayor about? And actually, New York City's transit system is kind of falling apart, right? Yeah. The entire region's transit system is falling apart from like disinvestment and poor management. And what if Whoopi had just been like, look, my commute. This I just got to get this off my chest. My commute sucks. Like. I need to have a really good train that gets me, you know, under the Hudson River and into Midtown Manhattan quickly, efficiently, pleasantly. We all deserve that, Bill. Yeah, right, like yeah, that's right. the view would Where get can- is- the view would get canceled because all their car sponsors would immediately pull out, and then that's we'd be back to where we started. I mean, but like, don't I think people actually do want? I think there's a case to be made. I think there's some applause line to be had there, and maybe not with the views existing viewership. I don't know how old they are, but like, there's a new generation that's just like, fuck it, I don't want to drive every day from New Jersey to Manhattan. That's terrible. You yeah. know who that that listenership, the viewership is? It's people listening to this podcast because young people are not listening to people like Whoopi Goldberg. They're not watching The View. The demographics of that show, people who are home during the day, yeah. it's got to be got to be older. Do we have as many listeners yet as The View? We got like 200 <laughs> Patreon. We're, we're working I, I, on what's it. What's The View? Their Patreon must be cra- yes. kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Whoopi's probably, I heard she's getting paid six million a year. Is that, that, oh, is be, that that's right? That's a lot of, right. that she sends out that a lot of stickers like every much. month. Yeah. That's just somebody tweeted that. No, that could actually oh, be true. Oh, that, that seems low to me, but oh yeah. God. Yeah. But here's the thing is, is the younger people are coming, right? And I do think that that is the only hope. And, and you know, I was telling you guys this morning about a friend of mine whose daughter is waking up and having panic attacks in the middle of the night about climate change. She's what, like 18 years old? She's about to turn 18. And she she's just really saying like, I'm not going to be able to have a family. I How, how did you guys let it get like this? <laughs> it's your generation's oh, fault. Give me her phone number. I want to talk to her and just calm her down a little bit and let her know that Whoopi Goldberg needs to drive <laughs> in from New Jersey and just to relax about that stuff yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's right. But you know, it's like, I do think, and you're seeing it, um, now that the younger people are coming into their power and i'm hoping that through things like the green new deal that these questions will be addressed but boy somebody is going to have to get in there and be really really loud and organized to get transportation put on the yeah, agenda all right all right so i mean alexandria ocasio cortez She's amazing. I think she's incredible. But one of the interesting things that came up during her primary campaign was she started advocating for public parking garages in Queens. She it might have just been a tweet. It was sort of a throwaway. No, I she, think I, yeah, I think what happened was I think a developer was tearing down a parking right. garage yep. to put up probably condos, and she tweeted out something like, "This is what I'm talking about about gentrification." Where all you know, one thousand eighty parking space is just gone. What's that going to mean for the neighborhood? And this is in a neighborhood and, where and the majority she, of people don't drive. And then she argued in favor of like we should be publicly subsidizing parking garages, perhaps. But to her credit, and I think this is where I have a lot of hope, as opposed to the baby boomer generation that's dooming us all, is that she was called out on it by a bunch of advocates, nobody with huge platforms. And she actually changed her point of view. She went on a bike ride during the primary with activists here in New York. And I, where I have hope for the Green New Deal is that they're willing to listen to people say, hey, this ought to be in there or no, you're wrong in ways that we have all experienced in community board meetings or hosts of The View are not willing to do. Okay, guys. So to sum this thing up, uh, what do we take away from the episode? And I, I would just say the first thing is that the the love for cars, the desire for parking, 
is one of the last true realms of bipartisan agreement in American political life today. And, and maybe we should just take a moment to appreciate that. This episode also shows another enduring truth, which is that the thing that's really the matter with New York City is New Jersey. Oh, we are going to get destroyed for that. And yeah. by the way, absolutely destroyed. I would just like to say I am quoting a friend of mine who lives in New Jersey. You might as well have just said, look, I like New Jersey. I like people from New Jersey, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> that's, right. Right. that's very true. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode of The War on Cars. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to support us by going to thewaroncars.org. You can click on donate. Remember, we've got those new hashtag band cars stickers coming your way if you donate. So check that out. Also, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We're going to start getting one-star reviews from angry car owners and, and, people and from New, New Jersey, Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey residents. Yeah, so yeah. please go there and balance that out for us. Our goal in every episode is to piss off somebody or some people in one state or one city. That's We've done Los Angeles, now New Jersey. So yeah. your, your place could be next. This episode was recorded by our producer, Curtis Fox. The music is by Nathaniel Goodyear. Danny Finkel of Crucial D did our logo. I'm Sarah Goodyear. I'm Doug Gordon. I'm Aaron Napperstack. And this is The War on Cars.